Hello and welcome to the Four Color Nerds comic podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm joined by the other nerds, Matt. Hello. Christina. Hi. Uh, Carissa has been struck down by the dark side of the force. Uh, she will return uh, more powerful than we can possibly imagine next week. Uh, we think. We, th- we, we hope. Until then, just picture her as like a little sassy blue punk rock force ghost uh, watching on and, and guiding us. But she's not here this week, unfortunately. Uh, together, those of us who remain, we take on the week's comics. Each week we read a variety of comics and gather here to discuss them. This is a review show, so there will be spoilers. If you don't want to hear spoilers, take a break now, go read your week's books, and then come back. Each week, one of us picks their favorite book of the week, and that's our pick of the week. This week, I am that nerd. This week, the pick of the week goes to Spider-Woman number two. Um, I was reading through all of my books, and there weren't very many books this week, but there were a lot of good books. Um, And I was pretty sure that my pick of the week was going to be a completely different uh, book, but then I picked up uh, Spider-Woman and read it, and for me, that was the pick of the week. Um, Spider-Woman number two is from Marvel Comics, uh, written by Dennis Hopeless, uh, art by um, Javier Rodriguez and Alvaro Lopez. I really, really liked uh, this book. It's a, it's like a master class in visual storytelling, in being able to convey information by showing you um, rather than just telling you that someone is anxious or upset or conflicted, that you can, you can see it in this book. Um, did you guys read uh, Spider-Woman? I, did. I read all the books. Shut it, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, like I was saying, this. So, what'd you think of it? I thought it was adorable. Oh my god, pregnant women beating ass. That's awesome. Look, she blew a hole through. Yeah. The ski. I was like, shit. That was awesome. I love that. Like, I like the fear <laughs> in the scrolls' voices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, Jessica Drew? <laughs> the destroyer. Yeah. The destroyer. Yeah, they are not happy when they figure out who she is. Um, no. So this one's it's really, really good. It's like the very first page, the way that they construct, like there's a lot of little panels on that page, and that really just drives home that sense of like confinement and urgency that's taking place. Oh, and, and she's uh, angry. She's oh, angry. she's really mad. <laughs> so you've got all these panels of like, you know, squinted eyes and like her foot tapping and her like, cracking her knuckles as she's sitting here listening to these and she's getting a little belly kick, kick. fucking kick, believe kick, this kick, yeah kick. it's just it's a great series of panels where she you know could totally just one-handed wipe these guys out but she can't mm-hmm. um because she's pregnant and she has to look after her her child's safety like she's she has a line uh, where she's talking about like with uh with great responsibility must come great power. It's like her take on that with, uh, with children, uh, that I really liked. Um, with great pregnancy comes great responsibility. Yes. Yes. I love that. Um, but then, uh, they act, the scrolls kind of push it a little too far and actually like threaten her directly. Um, and that's where she kind of leaps into to action, um, with some really sweet, uh, like pregnant jujitsu basically. <laughs> Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah, she calls it and her yoga. Yeah, <laughs> this is yoga. I'm really good at yoga. And I really like that. Not only is she like physically, you know, using um, 
basically jujitsu, but she's like using her supposed weaknesses um, against them that they don't expect her to be able to do anything, that they mm-hmm. kind of dismiss her. Um, and that's when she, uh, like you were saying, that shot where she basically uh, chokes the person, grabs their gun, and then shoots that other scroll. Yeah. And we have that, that shot with the hole through the scroll where you can see her with the gun. Like, that. that's a really good shot. I mean, I kind of think sometimes about, like, the, the comic book page having a camera that moves mm-hmm. around. That That's a great shot that the artist uh, composed. Um, it's... Plot-wise, the the story is, uh, you know, Jessica is in this uh, this super space hospital that uh, her her friend has arranged for her, um, and the scrolls have invaded the the hospital for some some reason, and Jessica um, is basically waiting, like text uh, Carol, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, to come and help her because she can't. You know, after she she can't take on the whole hospital of scrolls by herself. Um, well, also Captain Marvel kind of told her to go here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she arranged it for her as like a favor. You know, like in I don't know if you guys read issue one or not, but um, there's the whole thing in issue one where I thought I did. She's uh, just <laughs> saying she wants to go to a regular hospital that doesn't need anything special, and Carol keeps telling her, you know, that this is the best hospital in the universe or multiverse. Literally. Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that that's where she should go. And so finally she, you know, does what she thinks is best for her child and puts aside her own, you know, personal desires and does that, which I think is kind of like a common theme through this about like the sacrifices parents have to, to make. Like I've never had to fight a bunch of scrolls myself (laughs) to protect (laughs) children, but I definitely haven't not, not yet. It is only uh, Monday. So who knows? what the week holds Sunday (laughs) (laughs) so um so you said for some reason you didn't catch the reason why the scrolls are attacking well I did but they don't reveal it at this point in the story oh fine you're going linearly I'm going yes so as so later in the story we find out that the reason the scrolls are attacking is their like heir to their um their empire is at this scroll hospital uh, for like cancer treatment, mm-hmm. so that's why the scrolls are attacking is to take out this like rebel who has like the rightful claim to the the throne, and everyone else is kind of caught up in this hostage situation. Um, so Captain Marvel is is basically on her way, which are also some really great panels of showing her like the incredible like speed and urgency that she can move at like the, you know, where they show her like entering down into like the atmosphere and like, you see like the basically like funnel cloud, like behind her. Um, and she's like dragging all the clouds with her when she comes through. I thought that was freaking. She's kind of freaking out. She's like, she had kids. Well, cause she knows (laughs) why they're there. Yeah. Uh, Cause she hasn't told Jessica yet, uh, why they're there. And she also feels, you know, really responsible for having sent her friend to this hospital. So she's trying to get there as fast as she can, and uh, Jessica has basically to to hold off these scrolls until she can arrive. Um, So she kind of looks around, like, to her resources that she has, which are all these other uh, women there, and basically tells them, you know, I'll I'll help you, but I'm not going to do it while you're sitting on your ass and I'm risking my life. Like, you're going to help too. So she uh, organizes them into basically an ambush, which kind of reminded me... Um, in I don't know if you guys read the previous arc um, or 
issue one where they have this stuff with uh, the porcupine, who's like this mm-hmm. horrible like D-lister villain that she's kind of taken under her wing um, and is like training to do what she physically can't do anymore. Um, she's almost like an oracle to his, you know, terrible Batman. Um, <laughs> Batman. Well, he's an animal themed hero. I know. He's, it's so yeah. bad. It's so bad. <laughs> so she's really good. I think at, at organizing people and leading them and like using all the resources she has at her, her disposal. Um, so she, basically tricks the the scrolls into believing that the two scrolls that they kill they went to get snacks yeah they, they went, went to, to get go get the, the fizzy red <laughs> and, yeah. and bugles cheddar bugles i don't know fizzy red is pretty good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i i really want to try some fizzy red now uh, i don't know exactly <laughs> what it is but apparently it's endorsed by scrolls and they love it true, so true. you know is, is it like is it like carbonated blood or something like that or <laughs> Oh, speaking of the the blood, there's a there's a panel where like all the doctors are like dead on the floor, and you see their their blood spreading out. I like that not all of it is red because they're all you know they're aliens. Some of them, so they don't all have you know red blood. Some of them have like like green blood. I thought that was a nice little touch without having to say anything. It kind of showed you this is an alien environment that she's she's in. Mm-hmm. So uh, they ambush the the scrolls um, and like open fire on them from like a laundry cart. Um, and that's when, like, one of the scrolls goes over to the other, like, the women who are helping um, is going to kill them. Uh, and Spider-Woman basically hits him with his, her uh, her Venom Blast, her, like, electrical shock thing that she can do. Um, I'm not a total expert on Spider-Woman, but I've, I've read enough to know that her, her Venom Blasts usually are not lethal. She fries the hell out of that dude. <laughs> she mo- kills him dead. Yes. It's mommy anger. I'll kill you. Nope. I'll kill you, Dad. Nope. Yeah. Don't mess with Mama. <laughs> don't nope. the, don't poke the bear up, you know. Mm-mm. So she uh, or the spider. Yeah, or the spider. Yep. Right? Don't poke the spider. Yeah. So, um, so she she fries these uh, these scrolls, and that's when you find out that uh, Captain Marvel can't get into the the hospital. They've sealed it, so now Jessica is is trapped here, and basically is going to have to do this on her own. Um, which I, I I really like the limitations on heroes where they have to be more creative with how they do things. Um, I like the you know her banding all these people together um, and them all contributing to their own their own rescue. Like none of these are like the damsel in distress you know waiting. They're they're active participants in their their rescue and their salvation. So so a couple things. All right. Yes. Clerk. You know who Clerk is? Who are you talking? The guy the guy who's leading the invasion into the hospital. The scroll? No. Yep. No, I yep. know that's the super scroll. I figured he was the super scroll, but I didn't know if he was a particular. Two. One thing I have to wonder about, uh-huh. and I hope it's not him. Do you know who the scroll prince is? Well they say who the scroll prince is. What name did they use? I didn't catch I it, it like because the scroll Clender or something like Clen- that. It's Clenderk. Klunder? K-L-U-N-D-I-R-K. Yeah, i got to double check it, because the Scroll Prince is Shulking, or sh- what's his name? Uh, Hulkling? Oh, from Young Adventures? Yep. Well, they... He is the child of 
the Scroll Princess and Captain Marvel. Because they say that might be maybe his father then, because it's he's there for Mom? like a cancer treatment. So his well, Captain Marvel's dead. Right. Right. His mom is a scroll. Captain Marvel's a Cree. So, okay, so not care. Okay. I gotcha. I'm following now. Wrong Captain Marvel. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> Sorry. So many. The original one. Well, the original Marvel, yes. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Mar. Well, no. No, there's more. <laughs> no, Marvel is the ultimate Captain Marvel. His name isn't Marvel in the Marvel universe. I feel like I need like a flow chart and like uh-huh. pictures. Like when you see a police procedural and they have like all the pictures with the thumbtacks and like the strings leading to people. I think that's how what you need to identify all of the Marvel named Marvel superheroes. You've got Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, Marvel. You've got. I'm just pissed off that all of this and people's insistence on not knowing a character name made DC change Captain Marvel's name to Shazam. I like Shazam. But Shazam's the fucking wizard. Shazam! True. Captain Marvel is the big red cheese. Yeah, it is. I could see if you don't know comics, it would be very confusing to have a DC character... Here's the thing. Marvel? If you don't know comics, you don't give a shit about Captain Marvel. Yeah, that's probably true. That is true. It is kind of a deep cut yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. True. I really like the... So, uh, just let him be. The last uh, panel where she reveals to her that she's in where she's at. Oh, and they show that picture of the, the black, black hole. hole. <laughs> like, fuck! Yeah, they have that, I'm in a yeah about that. <laughs> I'm in a yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> So I I really I thought that this issue was really fun and enjoyable. Um, I felt that like visually, um, the story it does showing rather than telling very very well. Um, I was almost going to pick the next book that Matt has as my pick of the week. That was I was ninety nine percent sure that was going to be my pick. You were ninety nine percent sure that that was going to be your pick. What book would that be? That book would be. Saga number 32 Image by Image Comics, written by Brian K. Vaughn and art by Fiona Staples. The first saga book I've actually enjoyed. Because you haven't have, read all of them. Have you? No, because I haven't read all of them. <laughs> and the one I did read was really fucking confusing. Yes. And I don't know character names, so please forgive me. It's all good. But I'm sure you guys do. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we do. Yep. So the dude with the beard and the horns, <laughs> huh? the Mooney, and... His wife, his wife. girlfriend, his wife. whatever. Yep. Okay, his wife, who's got the bug wings. Okay, so I just, I just have to, she's supposed I just to be like a fairy. Interject here. I got the saga hardcover book for Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, and I told uh, our son that he wasn't supposed to to read this. This was just for me. And then he proceeded to tell me all about saga <gasps> because apparently he has been reading it, and the way he <laughs> described the characters is exactly the way you described them. Oh my god! And the guy with the horns. So. Yeah. So there's that, and then and then he'd be like, "Where did you learn something like that?" And then he'd go, "I learned it from you, Dad. I learned it from you." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. That's funny. So, so okay. So, so, so beard guy and wing lady. Beard guy, wing lady. Beard guy, wing. 
That would be an awesome <laughs> fucking book. <laughs> Beer guy and wing lady. See if they'll make a variant for a song. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> call like a song of beer. Ah, <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. <laughs> he's not horn guy. Oh, well, that's he's true. got the hoodie horn on guy. for the beginning. Oh, that's, so oh, that's true. See, you can't see that's the true. hood because he's trying to like disguise, you know. So they're continuing to confuse me by whether or not this is fantasy or sci-fi. Um, and they're breaking into a uh, establishment that holds records. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of like, um, Fight Club. Like the plot of Fight, Fight Club yeah. where they're going to like yeah. the banks. Yeah. They're going to find... Well, yeah. Find all Except the- I don't think that Beard Guy and Wing Lady were there to burn the place to the ground. Yeah. And I think <laughs> both of them exist. Yeah. It's true. Also true. Sorry. True. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers for anyone who's in Fight Club. If you haven't seen Fight Club, you're probably not listening to us. No. Um, First rule about Fight Club, don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Too late. All right, anyway, so Beard Guy. So they're breaking in because they're trying to find their, their daughter, the one who scared the person in the last issue of Saga that I read. Yeah. Scared her teacher person. Yep. She's also the narrator for Saga. Yeah. She's the narrator. Yeah. Yes. That makes sense, considering she talks about herself. Yes. Uh, is it like her in the future? Yes, it's her writing back. She like she's the narrator before she's born, which is kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> but, is she like the? Is she like the Messiah? Basically, who unifies everybody. Well, that's the, stops the senseless war. That's the fear that the other. Well, that's eight. The fear is that she's going to stop the war. Yes, the, the, they have a fucked up society. Yes, they, they do. do. The industrial. War machine does not like to be stopped, you know, and she, you know, shows that there can be. That's the whole point of like the, the romance novel that kicked all of this off. The terrible, like Fabio oh. space Fabio book. Romance <laughs> <novel>? <laughs> yes. So what? there was a a romance series of romance novels that had like a a deep like hidden message to them that uh, both. Uh, wing lady and beard dude as you call them uh red uh that showed them that they you know that there doesn't have to be war and that's how they got together and had their daughter and all of that but they both read it and they're like hey do you read this book i read this book so this means war should stop so one of them and i don't remember which one was the first one to read it and it was her i think it was her it was alana so she, she alana was the prison guard for Marco, um, and I think she gave him the book to read. Yeah, uh, I thought they met on a battlefield. No, I think it was like a POW camp, basically. Love is a battlefield. Love is a battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> so they they break into this place. <laughs> as... <laughs> I'm so good at derailing. Bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they break into this like hall of records. Okay. Oh, I was just—I was just putting you back on the track. Okay. <laughs> Come on back to us. Come on back. Come on back. So they basically break into the hall of records. They find out where their daughter is, and they're like, "Okay, we got to go get her." And then uh, guards, who I don't know why, you have guards of scrolls <laughs> made of fire. <laughs> made of fire. <laughs> made of fire. 
I don't know how well thought through that plan was. Probably not very good. Not very good. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Um, so they're uh, they go in there, attack them. They're like, "Fuck it, we'll torture everything so that they can't get anything." Um, so beer guy and wing lady, uh, basically, uh, and in order to get in there, beer guy does really cool magic, and wing lady. It sounds like she's tech and she hates magic, or her people don't like magic or something. True. And his people are like really high magic doer type things. Yes. Because he's like. I'm going to do some spelling. And he turns a gun, which he doesn't want her to use, even though she was using it at the beginning and she was pretty good with it, uh, into a key. And he, he's like, I'm going to teach our child this. And she's like, I hope you don't. Well, I like the thing about um, the, you know learning spelling um, as a child. I thought, I that, was, like that, that, was I thought cool. that was a clever clever way of doing that. That you know, yes. Well, I hope her grandmother is teaching her how to spell, you know? Yes. Yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> that's... That's a funny double little meaning there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, they break in there. Uh, they break out a window, and they have Groot's rocket ship flying by. And um, and basically, uh, Wing Lady jumps out the window. And she's like, jump, and I'll catch you. And he's like, you can't hold me. And she's like, no, you can't. Or no, I can't. But I can hold you up long enough for a rocket ship to get us. I... Uh, and then there's a really cool scene. As the rocket ship just goes whoop, and picks them up. I love that scene of them jumping out the window, like into each other's arms. Mm-hmm. Like the whole, the, they've been separated, you know, ever since uh, like Alana like started like using drugs and like Marco almost had an affair. And like, so they've been, you know, separated and torn apart by battle and throughout like this whole beginning of the book like you may not have picked up on this one as much matt because you haven't read all of them but their whole thing like we were talking about was like unity that they're the same you know that these these divisions are false and right before this scene they keep talking about my people and your people like they're still like separated you know Mm -hmm. and then after this part is where they start like basically being a team again and i just i really like that and i thought it was like I, I like a subtle way to show their their separation and then their unity again. Right. Um, so then they get there, and then TV dude, Prince Robot, or form no. Oh, oh that's, he's no longer no. a prince. He's no longer a prince. He's a robot. And he was very specific about that. And and his son, uh, Page Boy. You you're forgetting my my absolute favorite character in Saga. Oh, and there's the little oh, cat guy. He's not a cat. He's a oh no, penguin. He's a seal. He's a penguin. Are you serious? Is a seal? Do you he's not know seal. the difference between a penguin and a seal? I... He doesn't have a degree in zoology. <laughs> I've seen the guy once. Ever? It's Gus. Gus is the. Best. I don't know Gus. Oh, he's a little white dude. He's oh, the he's best. So I love Gus. So, he looks really cool. He's adorable. But I, one, super I could not tell that that's a fucking seal. What? The panel no. they show his he face. He looks like an emperor penguin from Happy Feet, but white no, with no beak. He's got, he's got a little seal mustache, and he's got a little rain, I couldn't rain, tell. rain slicker. He's super cute. Aww. He is super cute. Let's go. And he has a psychic link with his... Uh, is it the walrus thing, or is it... Uh, that's how he tracked uh, them oh, originally. The yeah. walrus that he's riding... That he's riding in this in the scene where he's coming in. It's, he was riding yeah. something. Yes. A, a walrus. 
I, I just <laughs> noticed. Oh, seal. Don't you think it's wrong that a seal is riding a walrus? That kind of reminds me of, um, <laughs> like, in Labyrinth, where the dog is riding a dog. <laughs> the fox sorry. is riding a dog. Sorry, sorry. Animal riding an animal. Apparently, I didn't, apparently. I didn't notice the difference between well, the two, Matt. I'm sorry. Unless you have a robot riding an animal, well, or an animal riding a robot. It's pretty much always an animal riding an animal. This is true. I did, I did like the, uh, the scar the prince or the robot yeah. has. He still has like the cracked like TV screen. The crack in his face? Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah. I don't know where it came from because I read the like the first one. And then I read the last one before this one and this one. So I'm very, very lost. You're very lost. You missed a lot this of good one stuff. makes up for like all of it. Yeah. Um, but so he was a bad guy, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of more of a dilettante. He's more like a rich, very spoiled focused kid on his own first one. Like desires and needs. Yeah. That's obvious. Yeah. But he got a cool outfit in this one. Um. So he was, you know, uh, Prince. What's his face? Prince TV. Prince Robot. Prince Robot. Whatever. At the beginning. And then, uh, now he's a good guy or a friend of the good guys who, I guess they're not technically good guys. They're all, nobody's good except the little kid. Yeah, the little kid is is the pure one. Everyone else is very flawed. I would Gus though. I think Gus is good. Gus is good. I, I can't tell what Gus is, so I couldn't really say. <laughs> He's, if nothing else, he's adorable. Because if I can't figure out what Gus is, I'm pretty damn sure don't have the character down. He's an adorable animal with a yellow hat and a blue yeah. shirt. It is so, so cute. He makes me think of those old Final Fantasy guys. Like the dude that betrayed everybody he, in Seven. He kind of reminds me of Paddington Bear. Yes. In his, but it's you. I can see that. Yeah. Fucking love me some Paddington Bear. <laughs> That's your shit? Yeah. That's your jam. That's my, shit. <laughs> my jam, my marmalade jam. But Saga is really good at showing yeah. you, like, and I think this all is like Fiona Staples. Her art will always show you something that you've never seen before. Like in every issue, you're going to have an image, at least one that is mm-hmm. completely new and you know, mind-blowing. not terribly good at drawing seals, but also totally a fucking very seal. Good. It's a it's a seal, man. God look, damn it, Matt. Sorry, what else have we read with Fiona Staples? Uh, yeah. She did Archie, the first, I think, yeah. first one or two issues of Archie. Yep. The, the new Archie where they redid the how Archie looked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the actual, yeah. it's pretty good. The new Archie's pretty right. good, yeah. So I, I remember this name. And I she's been... We haven't reviewed Archie. I, I don't did think we? we've reviewed it, no. but I, I keep reading it. I'm, I'm not so big on Jughead, Um but I, I really like the new Archie. Hmm. Which is weird. Cause... So anyways, I thought this was... Oh, go ahead. I thought this was really good. Uh, like I said, it's the first issue of Saga I've liked, but I've only really read three, and I only remember two. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad you're getting on board the Saga train, because it's, it's well worth it. I just have to catch up on the Saga. You do. Yeah, you could uh, like just like I got the hardcover. Luckily, it's only twenty nine issues. I got the hardcover saga. You could do the same thing and order it from Amazon. Um, from Amazon through uh, through what site could I do that? Well, you could go to fourcolornerds.com 
there's a link right there that'll take you to Amazon. On the left? On the left. Uh, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. You could order the Saga hardcover. It's awesome. I got it's it directly for, through that link. I got it through Christmas, and I love it. I highly recommend awesome. it. It's awesome. You know what else was awesome? What, uh, Matt? Almost all the other books we read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, they, it was actually a really good pick of books. Uh, what What was awesome was uh, was Patsy Walker. A.K.A. Yes. Hellcat, you mean? I do. Issue one, Marvel Comics, written by Kate Leth, art by Brittany O. Williams. It was pretty awesome. I Surprisingly so. Yeah. You know, well, I really like um, Kate Leth as kind of a human being. I don't know if you follow her on Twitter, but she is freaking hilarious. I've never um, heard about her. Ever. Huh? What? I've never heard about her You've in my life. You've never heard about her in your life? Um, nope. She is our namesake for our girls group at the uh, comic store, the Geek Girls Illuminati. She actually created that name that we use. Um, Yeah, she's a cool cool lady. Uh, I highly recommend following her on Twitter because she's pretty damn funny. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with uh, Patsy Walker, but uh, watching Jessica Jones Jones has helped a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably not. Well, I... You're it familiar has. with who she is and that she used to be a TV on real. that movie, yeah, or show. Yeah, the it helped because I didn't know what her background was. They do make references to her having red hair. Obviously, she doesn't have red hair in the show, um, but they do make references to her and what her past was because otherwise, I didn't really know a whole lot about her. Um, I know her from the last run of She-Hulk. That's okay. where I where Which, I really saw her. She-Hulk is in this, so that's kind of fun. Um, I didn't know what her power was. I just think it's it's Hellcat, and that's freaking awesome. Um, her She can sense mis- uh, mystical energy, and apparently it's pretty neat, which was pretty funny. Um, she So we get She-Hulk in this one. Uh, we get, She gets to meet a new guy um, with a really, <laughs> really um, awesome name, Telekinian. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I think so, because he has telekinesis in his name. It's... Yeah. I thought it was Telekin Ian. Oh, because his name's Ian. Yeah. yeah. So she meets up with him and basically tries to stop him from robbing uh, robbing somebody. Um, I love the references to the quotes of Wicked. And even though I'm not a huge fan of Wicked, I'm sure I'm going to go to hell for that. But um, I thought that was really cute. And that's kind of a fun... I think this is a good kind of book for probably... I don't know. Would you say like g- younger girls? I would say though... it's a good book for anyone. Yeah, but... it's in all yeah. ages. But I it's think... a nostalgia book, but with some bringing it current. Yes. It's definitely, I think, focused on uh, uh, on the girlies. Well, and yeah. I like that they take the kind of weird aspect of her her backstory with her originally being like a you know like romance uh, character from when comic so... books weren't just superheroes. And yeah. like, she's a Marvel Archie character. Yeah, basically. Yeah. She's like a child character. She's literally a female Archie. Kinda. And they kind of make reference to that. Yeah. Um, I like that they say how weird it is, you know. Yeah. And she's going I, what I actually really I thought I didn't like it at first, but I ended up really liking it, is when you see her in different panels, her reactions to the things, she looks different. Like, yes. she looks like a little kid at some points, and then she's got the teeth like the little kitty. I actually, at first I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, but they did it, I think they did it in a really fun way. 
So it actually, you can tell exactly what she's emoting, I guess, better. Have you, um, have you been reading Lumberjanes? No. Uh, this is the same artist from Lumberjanes. Oh. Um, and this has a very, very similar tone uh, to it. So if you liked this, you will like uh -huh. Lumberjanes. I think I have. It's on my list. I know it's on my list. It was on I'm my old. it was on my Amazon wish list for Christmas, but I didn't get it. So what? <laughs> I know. So if uh, some kind reader some, <laughs> wants to... <laughs> some kind reader, <laughs> some kind reader would uh, hook you up with uh, with a little uh, little extra comics to keep us yeah. going. Yeah. Um, so it, what, the way it turns out is that Patsy Walker ends up being friends with Ian. Um, because she also, apparently, I guess she's dirt poor, and she is living in, like, a closet next to uh, She-Hulk's. <laughs> Which <laughs> I, I was like, was oh, really I funny. I <laughs> she's like, yeah, totally. Sleeping here, living here. Just hanging out here. But, so, so she becomes friends with Ian, and then it looks like they end up moving in together, which is kind of cool for her, I guess, because she has been living in a closet next to She-Hulk, which I can't assume is super fun. Um... <laughs> They go, they, you know, they go out to a bookstore, um, which is so cute. It's the Burley books, which I thought was hilarious. I don't know if anyone caught that. And it caught all the signs in the bookstore. Yes. The I was zooming in on panels and uh, yeah. <laughs> looking at them. Kate, Kate Leth, Leth is like super gay friendly. She's very, there's, she posts a lot of stuff. So she's like super, super gay friendly. So all this kind of stuff, I was like, that's totally her input on this and I thought it was really cute and really cool um I love that she meets up with the uh book owner who is like an old friend who like actually knows her and is like selling her books and tells her like that I guess there was I guess her her best frenemy uh was I guess also in the book and is I guess republished the books and obviously Patsy hasn't seen any money because she was living like in a closet uh, her Reggie. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, or her, like, Betty, or her Veronica. Oh, her, it's her Veronica. Betty. Yeah. Well, if she's Archie. True. If she's Archie, then it's Reggie. But... It's, Reg it's Reginald, yeah. But she's female, so she could be Betty, and that's her Veronica. Yeah. Um, so, it kind of, it's cute. I mean, the way... It all kind of turns out like I love the uh, the sitting in the bar with She Hulk and her um, about finding about like you know what she's gonna do. She's not making any money, um, so she's kind of coming up with like what she's gonna do. I love I love at the end that she the last panel where she's like she's got her little her little um, apron with her name on it that she's gonna end up working retail obviously to make to actually have a job because her her thought of her Patsy Walker agency for superheroes is um, probably not going to be so great as a, uh, <laughs> the super temp agency. Yeah. The super temp <laughs> agency. Probably not going to be so, you know, it's kind, kind of, of like, like heroes for hire, but they're not actual employees. Yeah. Yeah. We're just I like that. They made that joke, yeah. but they're like, no, not like that. No, I just, I wanted them to go. Uh, we don't want to get sued. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the Avengers temp. <laughs> yeah, no this this book was really fun and joyful. Yeah, it was it was silly and it was cute and it was fun and I I I liked that I liked the fun touches on it. I thought it was really cute. I do like the artwork, so I I guess I do have to really pick up Lumber, Lumberjanes. Um, yeah, I like. 
the writing I don't think is the same writer, um, mm-hmm. but the tone is is very you know, similar. Very, very similar. I love some of the expressions that She Hulk had in this one. I just the the last face that we actually see um, at the bar with the drink spilled on her. She's like just so freaking just I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. She, yeah, yeah, makes me wonder. I'm like I so anywhere I can get some She Hulk, I will take it. Um, I love Shulky. seriously. Um, yeah. Silky's the bomb diggity. Yeah, she's she's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I like her books, and I like the tone that they're always written in, which is basically the tone of this and kind of Spider-Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you took those two books and that's, matched them together. That's why I, when they started doing the Spider-Woman book, I'm like, oh, look, it's Spider-Hulk. <laughs> and I was totally good with that. You're like, I'm good. Yeah, same same aesthetic. But a book that did not have the same aesthetic at all is, no. is what was that book of yours, Matt? I believe that was Jupiter Circle, uh, number two. Uh, this is um, it's volume volume yeah, two. Volume two, number two. You have to be very specific about that. Jesus. Because Jupiter Circle, volume one, number two, not the same book. Nope. <laughs> this this series. Bless Mark Miller, uh, who wrote it. Uh, and then also well, Wilfredo Torres drew it. It was put up by Image Comics. Bless Mark Miller to, for keeping any of this straight. Because he's got one series, which is like, it's modern day. Uh, and that's, was that Jupiter Le- Uprising? Legacy. The Jupiter Legacy. I don't quite so like that. And then there's one story that was like, and I think this might have been the first volume of Jupiter Circle. It was kind of like the history leading up to that. With the island? Yeah, with the island and the history through like the history. Yes. It was kind of like Watchmen, but for this like little universe. Because there was like little stories in each book about like each one of the characters. Um, so this is like the the big heroes, the Justice League you know, the main seven of the Justice League in this world, they got uh, all taken to an island by one of them who's their, basically their Superman. Um, he had a dream, uh, and he was a little bit Superman and a little bit kind of Doc Savage, even though you have to badmouth Doc Savage every time we bring him up. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I said my my <laughs> fill uh, last time. No, We're good. Two, two weeks ago. I don't know. It was yeah. very forgettable, so I don't remember. Yeah, ouch. That, that, <laughs> honestly, as Doc Savage goes, that wasn't the best. But it was still Doc Savage, so I'm good. Uh, the best Doc Savage is not called Doc Savage, so just saying. Um, but their their main uh, Superman type character in this universe um, basically had a dream, and they all went to this island. They went to the island, and then they got granted superpowers. Uh, and this is back in the 30s, and they've been alive and basically kind of <sighs> oh, guiding things. That sort of reminds me. The last time we reviewed Jupiter Circle, um, we talked about how sad their version of like Wonder Woman was, that mm-hmm. she couldn't really have like real connections with people or uh, have sex, basically, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. horrible. Um, and the reason is one of her powers is she makes people want to be good. So they mm-hmm. they can't do anything bad with her. So yep. And you yeah. see in Legacy, 
who she finally hooked up with. Yeah. She hooks up with their Superman because he's Superman and he's just inherently good. Yes. So he's the doesn't, same around her as doesn't you would doesn't be cause her. two goods to make a bad. No. No. Nope. Well, see, he he's basically hooked up with the girl that he was with in the in the thirties, and I'm guessing she grew old and died. Like his Lois Lane, yeah. Yeah, his mm-hmm. his Lois Lane basically. So as all real Superman books should, he is no longer with the Lois Lane and is instead with the logical partner, mm-hmm. the Wonder Woman. Which I'm happy about. It's like one of the few things about the New 52 that I like. The Superman-Wonder Woman book is pretty good. Superman-Wonder Woman is very good. That relationship is very good. Him being with Lois is a stupid idea. Well, it's a stupid, stupid idea that's been around for like 70 years. I mean, it's got, it's uh-huh. got legs. So really long-lasting, stupid idea. <laughs> I guess, you know, it's like Spider-Man and like, you know, Mary Jane. I mean, they're... Or... That... You know, Sue good... Storm. No, actually, that that didn't make any sense Reed either. Richards, you know. No, well, Sue and Reed made sense. That makes sense. At 80, but Peter and Mary Jane. A old man with like a 15-year-old girl. Yeah, that made sense. Oh, whatever. <laughs> no, okay, but they, they, re- they forward conned her? They made her older. Yeah, and him younger. I know. I know. And, and him younger. So that was weird. Well, see, and the other problem is, I mean, we could probably have a podcast about this, but those two having a child together screwed up the Marvel Universe. Franklin or Valeria? Franklin is the reason why everybody ages slowly. He caused time in the Marvel Universe to slow down. Oh, I did not know that. If you read the like the first 10 years of Marvel, time moves forward at the normal pace. But then it's... Right? So that's how Peter goes from being in high school to being in like his mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And now it moves very slowly. It's like... I think it's a year a month or a month a year. Okay. So he, he basically subconsciously slowed down time. That's why he is also not, you know, an adult. He's also immortal though. So it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what you're saying. Yeah. I'm so angry that there's no fantastic four book right now. I really love Fantastic Four, I but the only problem is I'm one of the very few people who really love the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four is trippy. It's weird. I could never get I, my my dad had some. I could it's never get into taste. it. It is never. It's a, never. Brian yeah. Hickman is the best Fantastic Four writer I've ever read. True. True. Hickman's so run good. on Fantastic Four was. Pretty so damn good. Perfect. But uh, it's really hard to do it. The the uh, well, anyways. Um, so the Jupiter Circle number two or volume two number two, um, is basically the story of, of Batman. Kind of gave up being Batman. Their their Batman. I think he's called Flying Fox. Um, and he just went off to become a beatnik. Yeah, there was a lot of beat poetry references. I'm like. I recognize about I half of these names. You're like, mm. like uh, Weymouth Burroughs. And, there's like Jack Kerouac. Uh, there's Jack Kerouac, Mr. Kerouac, Mr. Burroughs, and Stein. Was it Steinberg? No, Steinberg? I thought it was. Uh, I don't there were a bunch of them. So they're all sitting in their groovy pad with their Birkenstocks and wine talking Game about. Uh, we want to make a change. Uh, and there's the L.A. riots. Yeah, this. And, this book uh, was what are you gonna do? way more political than the last couple, you know, 
this one definitely he's got something to say kind of paralleling the like watts riots with kind of what's going on oh now. it's the watts riots yeah that's what it is i think that's i was trying to i'm like i know that there was a riot in the 60s yeah i just can't remember what the hell they were watts yes so and, and i love it he based so Basically, the whole thing is is kind of going over. Well, this is happening, and what's going on with this character after he left uh, the the superhero team? Um, so he's just kind of hanging out and learning himself. Yeah, learning about uh, like the corrupt system. Of, you know. Expanding his mind. Yeah. And the system, and trying to make some decisions. Yeah, because I mean. Know, about, like, I've got these powers. What am I going to go do? Yeah, if you have the power to stop something, are you obligated to do so? You know? Yeah. And and I like the point that Burroughs made. is like, well, maybe you weren't supposed to save the system that isn't working. Right. Maybe you were supposed to destroy it. And he's like, oh. And you could tell that that was yeah. like that first time that that thought had occurred to him. Like, you know? Son of a bitch. Like, that this is the purpose of my power, you know? That makes perfect sense. I love um, where, uh, like, they have all the cops, you know, basically standing off against, like, the rioters and, like, protesters. And their their version of Batman, like, lands. And the cops are like, you know, think he's like, on oh, their you're side. Gonna get it like, now, oh, you're going to get it now. Yeah, man, like, Someone, well, somebody's going to get it now. Yeah, somebody does. He starts throwing around cars and people and smashing windows. He gets rid of all the cops, breaks open all the stuff. He's like, go ahead, loot it. I'm like, oh shit! This... So we know that next issue, Superman's going to show up, and oh, okay, so there we go. It's Batman versus Superman <laughs> in in Jupiter Circle. In Jupiter Circle. What this really yep. reminded me of when I was reading it, um, there's a Green Lantern, Green Arrow uh, series that are traveling heroes. Yeah, which was like the first real like social issues in, in comics, you know, like there's a really famous panel from that where there's this like African-American guy who's talking to Green Lantern. And he's like, you know, you've, you've you helped pink people the, and the yellow people the, and like the purple. People what you done for the black people. Yeah. But what have you done for, you know, the black people? And mm-hmm. like that, I mean, that's a really famous, uh, it's like I gave them panel. my ring. Yeah. Well, he didn't, the ring did it itself, but yeah, that's what this reminded me of. Lot. Well, he gave up being the lantern so that somebody else could be the lantern. True. And Guy Gardner was just, you know, luckily broken. I think you're right. Guy Gardner's stupid. <laughs> it's just so stupid. He was very lucky. He was a gym teacher. <laughs> Little, sh- you know, shorts and socks usually does not a superhero make. <laughs> he was, he was, yeah, seriously. Like he that, was basically, like, like literally, they did a what if. Uh, like, what if somebody else had gotten the ring? And it was Guy Gardner. He reminds me. And he was a gym teacher. He's like a buzz cut and everything. Of that, that super jerk gym teacher in Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur that we talked about. Oh, God, uh, yeah. The typical. I... Yes. Yes, that's Guy Gardner. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> so, but I, I, I see what you're saying about this setting up like their version of Superman, uh, Batman, you know? Because, I mean, the only thing you can do is you can have the circle come kick his ass, which it's going to be Superman coming in there to kick his ass, and there's a Wonder Woman. Mm. Huh? Yeah. Mm. I would be interested to see when like Wonder Woman shows up and her power is trying to force everyone to be good, 
that they're all what being, happens well if they're all being good in their own like their own, their like own moral way? compass but they're still fighting each other yeah you know I, that'll be interesting i think that would be very interesting hmm. so very good point yeah so I, I i i see what you're saying about setting up uh batman v superman basically in the jupiter's legacy circle world yeah we uh so th- thank you for listening <laughs> We had our listeners, uh, we had a poll where our listeners could pick from a couple different books. We need to figure out a better way to do these polls. Yeah, yeah we do. Because, did you look to see who voted? It was us, wasn't it? It was us. No, there were some other, there were a, few, no. a couple other. No, there wasn't. <laughs> it was you and I. I voted. And we picked Conan. No, there was one other person who you voted, voted. And I they voted. picked Conan too. I'm sorry. I did not see anybody else vote. I'm telling you, there was a few other people. <laughs> not, I can't. Other name names. Uh, I can, but I'm not going to say their name on a podcast without their permission. Could you say names like theirs? <laughs> Herbert Mover. No. I will preserve their anonymity. Uh, Ryan Raul. <laughs> or Ryan Raul. <laughs> it's not Shet. It's not uh, Scooby voting on the. Raro. <laughs> <laughs> So the book. So anyways, the book they chose was from Dark Horse Comics. It's uh, King Conan: Wolves Beyond the Border, number one, uh, oh, written by Timothy Truman, uh, art by Thomas uh, Giarello. So this one, to me, looks and feels exactly like a Conan comic should feel. So it, uh, it's so like this belongs like on the cover of like a '80s like D and D book like and i mean that in the best possible way like this belongs on a red box telling you that you're about to go on an adventure follow me dogs an amazing journey yeah it's it's pretty awesome um so wolves beyond the border um is a short story that uh robert e howard like halfway wrote before he died um and then he did that a lot yeah and then like in the 60s they someone else you know finished the story basically um, so structure wise, if you actually look at what happens in the present in this book, not a lot actually happens in the present. It's a lot of people telling stories, um, about things that they've, they've seen and heard that's kind of propelling them forward onto their, um, their adventure to come. Um, the, I was reading, like I, when I read it, I was like, man, this feels just like an eighties, like Conan comic. In, in, a, in a good way. So I looked up the writer uh, and that makes sense because he wrote for TSR. Uh, he worked on riffs. Um, he's been writing like Conan comics for about 10 years, you know? So it's in, you know, solid hands. Um, so this one, the story, it kind of opens uh, at a bar and there's this guy talking about how, what a, you know, great soldier he was during the war and how he, you know, fought with King Conan and, uh, you know, telling his stories and everyone's buying him drinks and they're, you know, he's basically, you know, being like worshipped like a hero. And there's like in every good sword and sorcery, you know, story, there's an old man in the bar, you know, who's kind of watching everything. And he starts asking him a bunch of questions, you know, like, did you know this person? Do you remember, you know, asking all these questions and the guy is getting the details wrong. And then that's the moment where I knew that I was going to, going to love this. Um, because you, you get your first, like, by Crom when, like, Conan stands up and just whoops his ass. That was so good. <laughs> yeah. 
so that was a, I like that that you know the like stealing the honor from like the people who actually fought and died. Conan's not having any of that. Um, so he he beats the crap out of the guy, um, and then he goes on a like a walk to the docks to check out this ship that he's having built um, because he's heard about these new lands that have been discovered, and he basically doesn't want to die like an old man in his bed. He wants to sail off to like new adventure and you know go somewhere where his people haven't been before and you know not i I love the line is like i don't want to die here yes like i I really like that little element which doesn't really i mean it's it's a little aside i don't know if that's going to go anywhere or not but i like that idea of like conan like he's settled into this life as like the king but he's not satisfied with it he still has that you know thirst for adventure um so while he's there, this ranger who's been, like, tracking him down uh, finally tracks him down and tells him this story um, about what has happened, um, that he was a, basically like a border ranger um, fighting against, like, the, the picks. Um, and he had tracked down this, like, druidic ceremony type thing. Um, and they attacked everyone there and killed uh the druids and picks and all of that but there was a a dude there who was not one of those he was a i think he's aquilanian but i could be wrong on that he's not a picked definitely um and he he's no sumerian either true very few he wouldn't have ran away from the battle if that was the case i'll tell you that my friend and they're aqu- uh, i'll tell you that my friend he would not have run away from this battle no also it's he's aquilonian oh, sorry sorry so I don't accept your son. He gets away from the <laughs> the slaughter that takes place. Um, there's kind of actually a really cool scene or image that I like where he, they shoot the head priest with like an arrow. Um, I just I don't know why I like that one, but that was a cool image. Um, so then the ranger is back at a bar because they always go back to these bars to tell everyone what happened. And like the is it the mayor of the town? Um, he's some important dude comes in and the ranger recognizes him as being the traitor that was at the the ceremony with the picks so they arrest him but he gets uh freed by a witch uh that night so they track him back down to his lair um and murder murder everyone with swords and fire um and during the the fight he sees this like this crown like a circlet uh thing it kind of reminds me a lot of the one ring. Um, it like, it calls to him. So he grabs it in the battle. He, he flees from the battle. He's the only one to live. Um, and this ring or not ring. <laughs> See, very much reminds me of the one ring. This circlet crown thing has like cursed him. Um, and is becoming like an obsession with him. Um, so he wants to find Conan and give it to Conan. Um, because he, you know, it's a, it's a great curse upon him. Um, and he warns Conan when he goes to give it to him that this this crown is not meant for, you know, civilized men that will drive you crazy and become, become an obsession. Then there was, like, the second line that I thought was really cool where he's like, well, it's a good thing I'm not a civilized man. Or, you know, it's in good hands. Well, <laughs> it's a good thing that you brought it to me then. Yeah. So he, he takes it, um, and then the the crown starts basically talking to him um, and telling him its history that uh, in the long, long ago, the uh, Atlanteans and the Picts um, 
had come together um, and forged this thing from like this sacred gem that the Picts had and this like circle of iron that the Atlanteans made. But then Atlantis was destroyed and everyone was scattered. Cool. So like this crown can reunify the people basically. Um, and you get this like vision of this shapeshifter witch person. I'm not sure. They're like this crow that flies in, then they turn into like a wolf and then a woman and they're talking to him and basically like taunting him um, that, you know, he isn't, you know, won't come to like to face them. Um, and then he goes to, to split um, and his men, you know, find him as he's going to leave and they tell him that they want to go with him on this adventure. So then he has this, uh, this really cool line where he's like, well, don't just stand there like scratching your balls, grab some weapons and some gear and we ride, you know, so there's this cool, like, it looks so much, I keep saying it looks like D&D, like, artwork from the 80s, but it totally does, where they're all, like, riding off out of, like, the gates of the castle off to, like, the, the border. Um, if you like Conan, um, if you have a fondness for these kind of stories, this is a pretty good one. Um, it feels right. It looks right. I, I really liked it. You, you read it, right, Matt? Holy fuck, did I read it? <laughs> You liked so it, good. huh? <laughs> oh man, I love Conan. My uncle got me hooked on Conan when I was like a little kid. Uh, I've read the magazines, the Marvel comics, uh, which this completely ignores because King Conan in the Marvel books is much different than King Conan in the actual books. Right. Uh, I've read like several of the actual Conan pastiches, uh, the the Conan the Sumerian books. Uh, that's not the right word. Uh, like the Howard books. I've listened to hours of the Conan podcast. Yeah. Well, it's the Hyborian podcast, which it's a Robert E. Howard appreciation one. I'm on the Robert E. Howard Facebook fan page and G plus fan page. Yes, I like Conan. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I played the Xbox Conan game, which is really good. Isn't it an Xbox Conan game? Yes, it's really good. Is it like the original Xbox or is it? 360. Oh, can you download it? I don't know. Did you did you play the Conan MMO? No. Neither did I, so I can't say if it's any good or not. But, nope. um, but uh, uh, I'm one of the five people on the planet who liked uh, the recent Conan movie. I thought it was okay. I don't actually see the funny thing is. I don't actually like Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Conan. He's not so Conan is not like anything Ger- German- like those movies. He's not Germanic. No, he's a Celt. Yeah. Well, he's a pre-Celt Celt. The so the problem with the um the 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 Conan movies from the eighties. Oh, I did see is, the movie. Sorry, I'm just remembering. The what? I saw the, I did see the most recent Conan movie. I, yeah. I, so I, he looks more like Conan than Arnold looks like Conan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. The problem is that the movies from the 80s were made by a guy who wanted to make Viking movies. But nobody would give him money to make Viking movies. So they would give him money to make Conan, though. And then that's what he made. Yeah. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Milius? John Milius. Well, kind of like how Lucas wanted to make you know, Flash Gordon and couldn't. So. Well, no, kind of the reverse. He didn't want to make Star Wars, but they gave him money to make Flash Gordon. But they couldn't get the rights, right? 
we couldn't get the rights. In this case, they actually did have the rights. They just didn't have anybody who knew what they were talking about when they were making a Conan movie. Like, I feel like Arnold, I mean, you're, you're right. As Conan, he's not, he's not, he doesn't look right for it, and that's not what he's Conan. He's a good barbarian. But he's just a not a good really Conan. good barbarian, you know? Yeah. Like, he definitely made that role his, his own, and it, it stands as its own thing. But I don't know if I would necessarily very faithful to the actual Conan stories. Yeah. But most Conan fans, I think, love the Arnold, so I usually just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> mouth shut, Matt? I don't think that's ever. <laughs> <laughs> the only. Uh, no, I'm Conan fans. Horrible... Like, just no talking sense of you people. The only Conan movie that I remember of the old ones was Red Sonia. Because he's in it. I watched... <laughs> that's not Conan. I know, but he was in it. Yeah, it's Conan, but I think it's like they couldn't get the rights to call yeah, the character Conan. But that's the only like Conan thing that I kind of remember because I liked Red Sonia. <laughs> Which I'm surprised that, that was more Conan than the Conan movies. Yeah, that's all I remember was that Bridget Nielsen in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of wanting to do Viking uh, stories, Christina, you had a, a book for us. And speaking of women in bikinis. <laughs> Oh my god, that was funny. <laughs> Did you die? <laughs> I died. <laughs> she talked a lot about the thing. She did. <laughs> yeah, um, so my choice is Angela, Queen of Hell, number three, by Marvel Comics, mit- written by Marguerite Bennett, art by Kim Jacindo and Stephanie Hans. Um, I love Marguerite Bennett. I think I love everything she does at this point. Um, Insects, the book that none of us can get other than because <laughs> it's only... Electronically. Yeah, electronically. Um, she also wrote, and it's fantastic. Um, so I highly recommend it if you can find it. And it hopefully will be, I think, in the next couple of weeks, is going to be available online. Um, co- they're trying to work out a deal with Comixology, so they're hoping to get everything uh, that they put out so far. So... They- Garth Ennis is also putting out a, a book uh, with that with that company that I really want to read too. Yeah. So I'm going to actually have to physically trek down to my comic book shop and get it because yeah. can't get enough Garth Ennis. Yeah. So yeah, it's a bummer. But speaking of one that you can get electronically, um, so my um, my reference to this book, I I think uh, to Ryan did make you giggle. My this Angela is my favorite lesbian murder machine. Um, <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I love her. Um, I love the reference in in the very first page because it's nice. Every first page you have um, basically her girlfriend talking about what's been happening, what's been happening in hell, giving references to the story. And the reference to Xena and Gabrielle made me laugh because I also love Xena. Um, There was there was another kind of breaking the fourth wall aside in there. Then yeah. when I read it, I thought, "Oh, that is that is in there just for Christina." Cause it she... really, I, I love, I, I love. It's, it's seriously a lot of this feels like it is written, written for me. I, the, the murder and mayhem, all of this is, is fantastic. I mean, she's, she, you know, the story of this one is her second trial, um, to becoming the, the queen of hell, uh, to you know get her love back, and um, the, the interesting story about this, the payment for. There was actually a, a payment for this. It was, um, she has to, it, and I thought, it, at first I thought it meant that she had to give up a past memory, but no, it's she had to relive a past memory. Um, it was her first, her first kill that she had. Uh, oh. 
Did, oh, I read that wrong. Did you think I, it was also she had to give up a memory? Because I, I had to read Yeah, because they they were talking about what she's going to have left when she finishes the journey. Yeah, and yeah, she they didn't say, get rid of it. I think she did, though. I think she saw it, and then it was gone. Yeah, because they so talk about how much it. of yourself can you give up yeah. and still be yourself. Yeah, but that, that argument could be made both ways. Is how much can you give up to have to bring that forward and remember it? And for... It being a story about the afterlife, having to relive all that makes a hell of a lot more sense than having to give up your memories. Unless you're talking well, about drinking from the river, leaves, say the river, which we're not, because that's Greek. Fuck the Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> Screw the foundations of Western. We're not reading Hercules here. Fuck this shit. <laughs> you, when we get back to Hercules, then we'll talk about that. But I, it, to me, it made it think that she had to really. You know, she, they did say, what did you have to lose? But she didn't really feel, I don't think she really lost anything. She just had to relive it. They do say you have to pay with a memory. Yeah. So but maybe that's the reliving it was the payment? Is the payment. That's kind of how I read it. Because I did I did read a couple times. Because at first I did interpret as that she has to give up a memory. But she really, she. I mean, she literally relived the whole memory of her and her mother hunting down, um, uh, what is it? What's her name? It starts with an M. It was uh, the infant of one of um, her mother's, like, angels. It was, I have to look up the name. It was her, hand, her handmaiden that, um, God, what was it? It's Mar- Marison. It was her hunting down Marison, um, who I guess was kind of like, she was kind of like almost like a slave. because she, she was one of the wingless is what they call it. Um, so it was them hunting, hunting her down, and it was her first kill. Her first kill that Angela ever did. Um, which is who she actually has to negotiate with to uh, get her, her, uh, I guess, servants in hell. She's she has to you know she's she has to build her her pack her, her, her army. army and they're the slave angels. Um, so her her task I guess it was interesting. Slave angels. Slave angels. Slave angels. Slave angels. Um, so I guess her her task really was that she it was interesting because she had to negotiate with the person that she initially killed and not kill them to get what she wanted when there was no benefit to not killing them exactly without knowing that in the first place yeah Yeah. so that was that was kind of interesting i was like well there's no murder but (laughs) well there's plenty of murder in this book yes there's still (laughs) there's still murder in this book but it was very interesting that 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 great panel of the do you yield which would she wouldn't say that she would just kill so it, I guess that really, I guess she learned her, she learned her lesson. But she I, gets, she gets a new title though, right? They call her. She's the Hunter uh, Queen. Yes, the Hunter Queen. I don't think that's a new title. I thought they, that was the, that was the outfit from the last chain. The outfit changed from the last one. Mm-hmm. She was the Hunter Queen. I don't know. Oh no, I guess not. Cause she says I was running out of pet names. So no, I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> Did you did you catch the little aside about Kieran Gillen? No. <laughs> that no. was the one. No, I missed that. I missed that. So Wait, what? They're talking about like how things are impossible, and then Sarah says, uh, "Is Sarah right?" The... It's Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she says, like, I remember we something need to read like more Kieran. Are you serious? Was it Kieran or Gillen? <laughs> or more Gillen? I think yeah. It was more Gillen. God I, damn I'm like, it. I should know what that means. Yeah, I probably read it and totally forgot. Oh, son of a biatch! That's why I said that this book was like so for you. It <laughs> you is know? for me. I totally love it. 
at first, I the, the all the little asides um, took me a few, you know maybe an issue or two to get into to understand the, how that works. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's I, I love it. You know, it's a lot of it's a, what it is to me is a lot of witty banter. It's like just back and forth. And I enjoy that. I, I feel that. And then some killing. Yeah, and then some killing. Which, is, really, this is what makes a good book. I know. And space bikinis, so. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> oh. And we, yeah, do also, yeah. we do also find out of who Leia is, which I thought was really interesting, because what I read up on her doesn't didn't fit with this, but I guess maybe they're just giving her a new origin story, um, that she's literally the handmaiden of Hell, Hela. They do like, say they have the best origin stories. No, I said they, they the well, hand. Yeah, the hand. She's actually from it her hand and is her handmaiden. I thought that was kind of fun and weird. But I, I like it. I like the care. I like it. Always. This book, every issue I read of Angela really grows on me. I think it, it, it started with the 1602 because that's where she started writing on it. And I think from that point on, she's kind of continued on, and it still has the touch of Gillen in it. Because did she still... start on that, or did she start on um, before that? Uh, I don't the the assassin that. one, which I did not read. But... I did read. Yeah, I don't read the assassin either. I did like it though. Um, I don't. I thought she didn't do that one. I'm Hold not. On. I'm not Google. sure if she did that one. Google machine. Mister Google to the answer to the rescue. Google's. Google's. Yeah. The. Uh... It definitely started with the 1602 one. I had actually skipped that the first time around. And then, uh, Christina, you were like, no, 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 you need to read this. No. So I went, I went, went and read like issue. I think it was like two or three. Then I went back and reread all the other ones because it was, it was so good. She, she did, she did write some of them and Karen Gillan wrote some of them. So it was, it looks like it was kind of half and half. Oh, that would make sense. Why she references him in the, in this one. Yep. And he worked on the um, 1602 with her as well. Yeah. Cool. Cool beans. So, uh, talking about uh, war and what needs to be gathered to be able to fight a a successful war, Matt, you had a book about war. Yes, The Rocketeer at War, number one by IDW Press, written by Mark Guggenheim and art by Dave Bullock. Not Bullocks. (laughs) This is the story of... The Rocketeer post the – what everybody's familiar with would be probably the, the movie The Rocketeer. Um, however, there's been several you know, kind of series and miniseries and whatnot over the years um, that were either put out by the original creator who's now passed away. Um, and I can't remember his name. I feel really bad. Um, or you know, just by other creators. Um, so this is basically picking up where they're, they're – we're in World War II and we're trying to figure out – how can we expand on this whole Rocketeer thing? And like Dave Stevens, creator's name was Dave Stevens. Um, how can we kind of expand on this whole kind of Rocketeer thing and, and use the rocket and this technology so that we can have an army of rocket pack uh, warriors, which would be so fucking cool. Um, and and they to... apparently... I was going to say you're not the only one who thinks it would be a good idea. <laughs> Apparently, the Nazis. The Nazis. And the uh, U.S. government. Yes. Um, so they're basically trying to expand on it. They've got Howard Hughes, who invented the rocket. Um, but the you know the, all the, the people who have they've strapped onto this thing so far, they keep dying. 
Um, and the, the book kind of starts off with, uh, it was a little confusing. At the beginning, I was like, oh, they're telling a story about another Rocketeer. That confused me, oh. too. Yeah. Or, or my other thought was, are they rebooting? Um, but they, they didn't. Uh, this is basically the story of years afterwards. Uh, Cliff Secord basically gave over the rocket to the U.S. government so that they could try to figure something out about it. And uh, then he went off and you know joined the, the military. Uh, and this is the story of basically him um, on different um, deployments, I think is the right word. Uh, sure. And then the rocket kind of happened at the same time. Um, but then this Nazi dude with this kind of bat costume. <laughs> Derflator mouse, yeah. It was Derflator mouse. Totally Derflator mouse. I'm looking at it. It, it is kind of funny. Uh, he, he basically tries to steal some sort of part that, for some reason, was with Cliff Secord in, I think, northern Africa? Yeah, they're, they're in Tunisia in... Uh... Like the so this is like probably like forty two, uh, yeah. forty three. So I'm trying to figure out why the hell a part of the rocket was down there instead of on the rocket because it's not like they sent him you know to get it back from the Nazis. They just happened to have it. <laughs> I'm just like, well, wouldn't that work better on that rocket <laughs> Maybe that, that you're trying to get to work but keeps killing people? Died if you <laughs> yeah, seriously, the entire thing. It's like the guidance system for the fucking rocket. <laughs> Might be a little important. Also, Howard Hughes, could you make another one? <laughs> Jesus. Um, so basically, this is, uh, you know, every time I get out, they pull me back in. Um, so basically, nobody else can figure out the rocket. Uh, Nazis are trying to get the stuff for the rocket because that was kind of the original story of the Rocketeer of uh, Howard Hughes invented the rocket. Um it ended up in Cliff Secord's hands. He turned it into a superhero. Uh, he stopped the Nazis from getting the rocket because they wanted to get the rocket and make a army of rocket men, which is so very Nazi. <laughs> um, but uh, so basically Cliff gets brought back into it and they're like, okay, so everybody else seems to die at this. And you're the one person who hasn't died wearing this thing. Here, put it back on. And uh, he puts it back on. Yeah, there. Yeah, there. There are a few things. I overall, I was pretty pretty neutral on this. Um, but there are some parts that I, I liked. Um, I like that uh, when the when the Nazis are speaking German, that they don't translate the German. Um, I, I enjoy that, um, which I'm yeah. guessing means that the person who's listening doesn't speak German. So I, I appreciate that we don't know exactly what they're saying either. But I mean, you get the basic gist, you know. Um, there's a panel where he meets that, uh, that redhead, um, that like downed like British sure, fire girl. pilot. Yeah. Well, it's like every movie where the Rocky. person takes off their helmet, right? Like the, the girl on the motorcycle or whatever. And then it's like, oh my gosh, it's a girl who can actually do something. How shocking, you know? Yeah. So in, in really bad sexist movies, which yeah. I like that they were kind of playing with that, uh, that trope. And I like, there's a panel where he's like looking at her and it's well, just uh you've got a girl back home like over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> like No, but I mean though in World War Two, having a woman fighter pilot, that is a little weird. True. True. I can understand him being surprised back then. I mean nowadays if you did that, then it would be just kind of like 
the sexist stereotype of, yeah, and? I really, there was like a, a weird split in the middle of the book where it seems to basically, it's like his, his girl back home, like writing him a letter. Like, I really like that artwork. I don't know much more than the, the artwork for the, the others, but it's, and then there was a backup story that I didn't read. So. Uh, it wasn't so much a backup story. It was just kind of a continuation of the story. Just without it, pictures. Yeah, yeah, but see, comics are both pictures and words together. Oh, no, there was like a break. Oh. And then there was a little bit more comics, yeah. and then there was then the story. Then there was the backstory. Yeah. There was like a three-pager like three about Betty. Yeah, which I really, yeah, that, I really I, liked. I didn't read it. Uh, it was To me, that was that was the best part of the book. It's too many words. Is Where's my pictures? I'm reading a comic. No, no, <laughs> I'm talking about the actual, like Christina said, like the three pages where yeah, they basically like the oh, postcard... Okay poster thing where it's yes. you know, the, like recruiting poster you know by war bonds kind of picture um and then you get a couple pages of her uh joining the woman's auxiliary corps and then the him army up. corps yeah. yeah army corps that that part i liked um but overall um i don't know was not my favorite book of the week which is not saying that it was bad because there were a lot of good books this week uh, including uh, one that I picked, which is uh, Dark Knight 3, The Master Race Number 2, uh, written by Frank Miller and Brian Azzarello, uh, art by Andy Kubert. Um, this book is basically kind of like a continuation of the the previous story and kind of some proto-fascist Nietzsche um, philosophy and ideas kind of given, given form here. Um, they last issue and this issue they do it where there's a like a backup uh, comic that I think is actually probably better than the actual main story uh, in this. Um, so the main story is Batman, well, who we thought was Batman, but is really like the Robin. So I don't know if they, yeah, I don't know if they've taken the mantle of the bat or I wasn't too clear on that. Um, but she basically is in this interrogation. Um, with the commissioner, um, whether, you know, she's been in there and being interrogated for a long time and she's telling them the story basically of how Bruce Wayne died, um, that he had been, you know, in his last battle, he got, you know, he won, but at, you know, at a great cost and he was basically kind of crippled and has been like wasting away over time. And I thought that that, um, that part was actually kind of one of the more effective parts of the book where you had the the room with her sitting with uh, with Bruce and like holding his hand while he's you know getting weaker and weaker every day and then there's a, a part where he talks about that he always took like comfort in the fact that his parents didn't die alone and you know that they died together and he doesn't want to die alone um, and all of it was bullshit yeah I was going to say and then there's like this weird almost like Joker-esque part where she you know, basically tells her that whatever you believe doesn't matter. Um, and to me, she's clearly screwing with the commissioner, you know. And then you also see a panel, a spoiler, later on for what I assume is Batman. Um, so I, I don't think he's actually dead. Um, and then um, there's... This book had a... To me, when I was reading it, 
There was a part in the book that I yelled so loudly that people came in the room to check on me. Um, so there's there's this part where we get cut back to like Ray Parker, um, or sorry, Palmer, um, the Atom, who's working on uh, the city of Candor on uh, embiggening them um, mm-hmm. to, you know, to go from being, you know, like one inch tall to being like full sized. Um, and he's got like a thousand of them on this like test pad uh, that he's going to revive them. Um, there's a, what I thought was kind of actually an interesting conversation in there where um, he, they're talking about God and what is God, you know, that it's like a, a belief in something bigger than yourself. And then the Kryptonians like, well then yes, you know, God willing, you know, I thought that was kind of a neat little scene. And then there's also a point where the Kryptonian apologizes and uh, Superman and uh, Wonder Woman's daughter uh, sees this and just like can't believe it that, you know, a Kryptonian would apologize to a human, um, which I think is showing her differences from her, her parents. Um, I, I'm not human. Yeah. Well, she's she's above in their mind. Kryptonian. So yeah. the part that had me like screaming um, in like shock and anger and horror. Uh, so he enlarges the the people on the platform, um, and they're like this weird cult um, that murders a ton of other people. In everyone else <laughs> in Candor. Everyone else in Candor, uh, and then they use they shrink uh, the atom back down to. You know, super small. Well, they put him on perma shrink. Yeah, and then so here's the thing: like they talk about how he'll basically collapse so that like eventually atoms are bigger than him and, and all of that. And then they step on him, and I'm I'm wondering if he escaped because he you know shrunk down to like a you know sub like molecular level or was able to go in between their you know tread on their shoes or you know some whatever the reveal will be. But there's a crunch, so I don't I don't know. I'm hoping that's says, I think it'll be fine. Hmm? It says crush, well, though. It doesn't say crunch. So maybe he's crushed but not dead? Maybe. Yeah. Also, see, I'd say, no, they're not going to kill him. But then I'm like, no, this is Dark Knight. Yeah. This, this, this is where comic die. stories go to die. People die. But then there's the... And not in, like, the Orleans sort of way. <laughs> no, no. These, this is where it gets dark. People die. Um, people's ideals are tested, and it gets it gets pretty dark. Um, so the the priest cult leader type person picks up the the bottle, uh, you know, the city of Candor, and incinerates it with his heat vision, which made me scream in just rage. I was like, to, how can you do just that? in case you were curious about everybody else being alive still in there? No, nope, not so much. So, I mean, I don't know how much... Uh, those guys I know, Matt, you know about the, the DC uh, universe, so you know Candor and what it represents and hope and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but that was, to me, was... It just, just stabbed me right in the heart. That's, uh, they destroyed that. Yeah, I... I didn't... I mean, I, I didn't cry. Well, I didn't cry. I was like... This is not like Han Solo getting killed. Oh, come on. But, Let's not spoil it. We said spoilers at the beginning of the fucking episode. We did not say we won't do any 
Star Wars spoilers, and it's been a fucking week. They've hit a billion goddamn dollars. Now, granted, that's from people seeing it four times. (laughs) Or I think, Christina, you saw it three times, right? I saw it three times. I have my tickets for my fourth time on Saturday. (laughs) Well, as soon as I get paid again, I will go see it again, because it was awesome. But, Dark Knight... (laughs) So this is then the the backup issue for this is a Wonder Woman uh, story, and this to me is where he's just laying out the Nietzsche uh, Superman ideology, the you know forging your own path, not listening to the, like the morality of those who came before you. Um, so you have Wonder Woman talking to I think it's Lana is their daughter's name, basically trying to tell her you know about being an Amazonian. And she's not having any of it. Um, she tells her that it's like a complete waste of time. And then there's, they kind of fight. And there's a, a really cool scene where she wonder Wonder Woman hits her with like a sword, and the sword just shatters and explodes. And then she kind of like flies away, and like it's like I'm a Kryptonian. So I don't know. I'm I'm really interested to see in this story where her character goes. Like, does she fall in with these people? Does she resist them? Um, where where does her morality lead her? And then now that we know that Batman's not dead, um, I think it's uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. I, I really enjoyed this one. Did you you read it, Matt? You said yes. And your thoughts? Well, um, I'm even more believing that the Master Race is the, the well, it's the people left alive from Candor, but I think it's also Lana. I think she might fall in with them. Uh, and Superman will come back and and baby like or baby probably uh, come back and be like, "What the fuck are you doing, kiddo?" <laughs> um, Awaken from that ice throne. Yeah, but I mean, she seems kind of egotistical and aloof and apart from even freaking Amazons. Yeah. Um. So I don't trust her to not join up with the bad guys. Um. Which, I mean, I wouldn't put that past Frank Miller. He's he's really good at bad writing uh, that is dark and depressing and ruins uh, every character, especially female ones. That's kind of his thing. That's true. He's not so friendly towards female characters. He hates women. <laughs> I swear. A case could be made that you are correct. Just like I could make Everybody's a case like, that he's make a strong woman. I'm like, no. Proto-fascist. No. Yeah. 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 So Dark Knight's got a lot of stuff to chew on. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. Um, but then we have another another book. Did we have another book? I don't think we had another book, Ryan. What we did have is breaking news. This just in. Vader down. I repeat, Vader down. For details on this developing story... We go out to a reporter in a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars, Darth Vader number 14, written by Karen Gillian, art by Salvador LaRocca. Uh, so we meet up with, uh, Luke is now safe. We know that Luke is safe. He's away from Vader. However, Leia is now fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight up fucked. <laughs> uh, as Vader is now directly in front of her. Um, I apparently like this book a little more than Ryan did. I thought it was kind of awesome. Leia actually basically was going to sacrifice herself for her brother. She 
you know, finds out that Luke is okay, and Darth Vader is like, run, tell, you know, tell your friends where you are, and I'll freaking find, I'll find Luke, and uh, she, you know, tells, goes and sees C-3PO, and then she goes back, and is basically like, go ahead, fucking bomb us. Yeah, she's calling in. Well, it's it's the rebellion that she's sacrificing for. I don't think it's necessarily... Yeah. Like Luke personally. No. Uh, she's just like, I want to take this bastard exactly. down. Exactly. He blew up my home planet. At any cost. I'm going to fuck him up. That is I one w- thing I like that she's been ordering people over and over again to basically go marching off to their death yeah. fighting Vader, but she's willing to make the same sacrifices that she's asking other people to make. Exactly. At, I That was the one thing I really took from this book that I actually, I really, really liked. And we got to see her kind of being like, I am a badass, and now we know why she's a general. Spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the movie. <laughs> At least I start with that. <laughs> um, no, you didn't. Sort of. You did the exact same thing I did. <laughs> but I didn't. I did not drop the entire like horrifying moments in the movie. Oh yeah. I'm the first place everyone's going to hear of that. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Yes. You've, yeah. you've crushed yeah. the dreams and hopes of of so so many. Um, what else is good? Uh, the kill bots are back. Ripped off uh, C3PO's arm. That was I like that. Arm. That was pretty good. I enjoyed Wookie, that. Wookie fight. Wookie, Wookie fight. Wookie fight. That was good. Freaking rips a hole in the Millennium Falcon. I wonder how they patched that one up. It is a piece of junk, so... It is a piece of Armor. junk. Some glue. Just looks like one. That's intentional. <laughs> I actually have the, uh, the manual for the Millennium Falcon. It's supposed to look like he he's put those. Yeah, he put those scored plates on there on purpose. That's kind of smart. He actually, it's actually got military-grade armor on the Falcon. But it just looks like a piece of junk. That's why it's, it's last. It's supposed to look like a piece of junk. That's why it lasts. Yep, that's why it's got all the carbon scoring and everything else. <laughs> that's why it lasts. Uh, we get we get introduced to a another evil villain, um, which I thought was really funny because I said it's a trap, but nobody cares. Um, <laughs> Commander Carbon, who is a I just couldn't tell what the trap was. It was well, he's he's going into the trap, basically. Oh, well, you think Vader yeah. set a trap for him? Yeah. Well, oh yeah, ah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Might be. I, it just I like, ruined this entire miniseries for me. <laughs> I like that everyone thinks they have the upper hand on Vader, and they never yeah. do. Yeah. Because he's Darth fucking Vader. <laughs> yes. Darth motherfucking Vader. So this is like a, a cross. They should have had Samuel Jackson play Anakin. Well, it says, was it DLS, Dark Lord of the Sith? <laughs> <laughs> Which lightsaber is it? It's the one that says DLS on the side. DLS? Dark Lord of the Sith. So, you know they don't call them they don't call them quarter pounders on Alderaan? They don't call anything on Alderaan anymore. <laughs> they don't call them anything on Alderaan anymore. Oh, poor Alderaan. I just got back from Alderaan. Probably good that you left. Oh. <laughs> so, oh. so Commander Carbon is like this weird uh, combination of like Admiral Akbar and... I hate him. 
<laughs> and uh, I hope Vader cuts Vader. his head right the fuck off. I'm guessing he will. Grievous. It's company. Yeah. General Grievous, yeah. I hated Grievous. I hate this guy. <laughs> he just looks stupid. I have to agree that he looks kind of stupid. He looks weird. Is his light his lightsaber is purple ish too? I think. I don't know if that is a lightsaber or well, what I guess is it? it is. It's, it's a, a lightsaber. lightsaber. I think it's purple. It, it's like just purple. a straight up lightsaber. But it looks like it's part. That of makes me wonder, where did he get it from? Because there's only one purple lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. Did Mace Windu cut off his arm and steal it from him? Well, I, or did I he steal it from Mace? Mace got yeah, his he, arm he cut. He had off. to take it for. This is after. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I was like, did it come? From and then there? pushed like, out a window. Yeah, Mace Windu got thrown out of a window, right? Did he have? His there's lightsaber? a theory that he survived. I've heard that. I don't know how. I think I might want to see that. Yeah. Just have him come back, and, and be, he'd be like old, but like still able to kick ass because he's made some motherfucking do. Well, since this is in canon, he won't. If he's still alive, he won't have his lightsaber. <laughs> this is canon. Yes, that's what I said. Since this is in canon. Oh, I thought you said this isn't canon. No, this it is, is. canon. Oh, son of a bitch! Metal like lemon has died. Anyways. Oh, you just found you just found out. Well, yeah, I also did hear about Lemmy. Yeah. I think uh, we'll, we'll play ourselves out with the Ace of Spades when we're... Yeah. Ace of Spades? Yep. But Star Wars. Yes, I was just going to start talking about <laughs> that. But we'll talk about Star Wars instead. Yeah. Star Wars, I, I guess. <sighs> this we one have was, to. I mean, I get that pacing-wise that we had the big confrontation between everybody, so that's the height, and then you got to come back down and set everything else up again. Mm-hmm. This was probably one of my least favorite Star Wars books that I read in a while. Um, Which is funny because you rave about Darth Vader. Yeah, I do. I, That's why I'm so surprised. I, like, I thought this one was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It's, I don't know. Uh, I, I think the uh, uh, the annuals kind of threw me off my Star Wars game. I really hated the annuals. Well, the annuals didn't do much. That, there was no point. No. You don't do annuals as that. That's like the, well. Did, was it off, or did we just get extra books that sucked? Mm, I, I think it was that they broke from the momentum of the story that I was very much into. Yeah. Thank out a couple yeah. books, you know. It's supposed to be an intermission, but I'm like, I don't, I don't need an intermission on something that comes out of it. an week. intermission if you're still the same people working on it, you know? Yeah, yeah it, does, it didn't really make and sense. And it was quality. Yeah. <sighs> totally unnecessary. But I mean, yeah, still, being my least favorite Darth Vader book in a while, it's still a very good book. Yeah. Like, don't take that as, that's like saying this is, you know, my least favorite steak I've had. <laughs> you know, it's still a know, steak. Yeah, exactly. It still can't be that bad. And it's not like crappy steak? No, it's not like, it's, it's not like, like steakums. It's, you know. <laughs> no. Hey, I like steakums. <sighs> There's no hope for you. <laughs> What are you going to do? Take a fucking T-bone and put it on a sandwich? Yes. Take him for making... No, you're not! <laughs> why Why not? Why, why not? How? Do not want to eat- Have you had one? I've had that before, and it's disgusting. If sli- not necessarily a T-bone. But I've had a steak in a sandwich. Yeah, but it's delicious. Slice it real thinly. No, just a steak. Well, that's No, not, not thinly cut up. But it should, that's how it should be. I've never had somebody take... 
actual steak. Well, I don't, sure, I don't know what cut it is that they use for steak sandwiches. But I've, I've never had somebody cut. Every time I've ordered, like, no. <laughs> Just no? Just no. Yeah, and besides, you're not going to go to, like, the grocery store and get steak cut thin. Yes, you can. You can. Where? I've never seen this before. Go and to your go to your butcher, butcher. Give them whatever cut of meat you want. Yeah. And ask them to cut it for you. They will do it. At no charge. Like, I want you to cut this in deli cut. Yes. Uh, yeah. They will do if whatever you, make, you want. If you make really? like sukiyaki yes. or um, shabu shabu style, they will absolutely no cut it. No idea Jap- Japanese things with really sliced meats. It sounded like Japanese. It is. Okay. Look I up. don't know if that's true at Costco, which is where I get most of my meat hat but basically any grocery store that has a, a butcher I don't know that I eat meat from Costco. Oh man, it's the best. No, they have good meat. We are way off topic though. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. We're way off topic. Yes. Wow. <laughs> How did that happen on the meats? This was supposed to be the all male episode, so we're talking it's about true. meat. That's true. I've talked oh, about oh, bikinis, oh. so <laughs> ladies and bikinis. So uh th- those were all the books we read this week. Um, and some other stuff. And some other stuff thrown in there. Some mm-hmm. Fantastic Four aside, some some spoilers about Star Wars, butchers, and Costco, and uh, Star Wars and Star Wars butchers. I guess in a way, yes. all kinds of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can uh, <laughs> you can check out one billion fucking dollars. Yes, oh, it's made a lot of money. It will make a lot more money. And it's amazing it's in IMAX. It's amazing. Awesome in IMAX. and amazing. It's amazing and in IMAX. Holy shit! <laughs> oh, did you see it in like 3D IMAX? No. I saw is, it in. Is there a separate IMAX? I saw. Well, yes. So I saw it in actual 70 millimeter film IMAX. So it's uh, not digital. So I saw it old school on the IMAX. Uh, it was amazing. There. So uh, San Jose is because it's amazing in digital. Yeah. So San Jose is one of the only theaters is the only theater um, west of, like, Idaho that has a actual film IMAX. They're all science centers that basically have them, and it's the San Jose um, uh, Tech Museum that has one. And so we got to see it in actual 70-millimeter film. And it was spectacular. It was gigantic. It was, like, it, and it's a dome theater, so it's a, just freaking unbelievable. Like, literally, like... As soon as it started, like, my husband, like, grabbed my hand. He's like, oh, my God, this is going to be fucking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And it was. It was awesome. So I highly recommend seeing an IMAX. Yes, I saw it it in 3D. I didn't think it was worth seeing in 3D. It's not Um, It was still amazing, but I don't think it added anything to it. Yeah. I think it makes it prettier. I'd like to see it in real IMAX. Like National Air and Space Museum IMAX you need to. with the curved screen. Yeah, you need to come to San Jose. That's what you saw it in. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> Basically, yeah. There's a you have to go. There's a list of only um. There's I, I want to say there's like eight or twelve theaters in the United States that do this, and they're all like Air and Space Museums, Tech Museums, all that kind of stuff. Luxor. Does the Luxor have a real? A real? It has a real IMAX. I. I don't think it's a real... Well, they weren't playing it there. I've been told. I haven't seen it there. Mm. Get yourself down to the pyramid. Mm. That would be appropriate for going to see Star Wars. Yes. Pretend it's the Jedi Temple. Go. There you go. Seven. <laughs> Except less trees. 
lot less trees. It's like Tatooine and Yavin went schmack. <laughs> so those were the books we read this week. Uh, to read our reviews, including uh, some bonus material, go and check out our, our weekly poll list on fourcolornerds.com. You can also check out our Facebook page, Four Color Nerds. Uh, we're also going to be putting up some uh, YouTube videos this week, uh, so you can actually see some of the things we're talking about. Um, so check that out as well. Um, you can find the podcast on iTunes. This again. On Stitcher. On SoundCloud. And on <laughs> and Podcast on... Addict. I just pretended to be Krista. <laughs> and YouTube. Like we just said. (laughs) Yes. Until then, keep reading, nerds. Well, you also want to make sure to subscribe to the podcast and the the YouTube page and our Facebook page. Yes. So do that, then keep reading. (laughs) Well, come back next week for another episode. And then, too. Oh, these are are complicated instructions. (laughs) And then, keep reading, nerds. You know I'm about to lose I got plans for fools But that's the way I like it, baby I don't wanna live